Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, raw feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and friends like my friend, Dr. Andy. Well, we don't let friends feed kibble. What's up? No, we Dr. do not. What's no, up? we do not. <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing well. You sound good. Yeah. I'm ready good. to rock and roll your week? I'm ready to rock and roll my week, you know, because uh, we've got. We've got all these holidays coming up, right? We got holidays. We got shopping. We got family. We got yes, yes, to, and yes. We got stuff to do. Hey, do you yes. find that um that that dogs get in more trouble over the holidays, or does it just seem like parents panic more over the holidays? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is because there's definitely just more chaotic energy, right? Yeah, we've talked about energy before, and. You know, are the dogs more worked up so they get into more trouble or are the owners just more worked up? And I it, I don't know. I do don't you, know the answer. <laughs> do you get these calls? Do you get emergency calls like, oh, my gosh, I know the clinic's closed. I know you're not working, but my dog is blah, 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 blah. A- absolutely. You do? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, and most of the time, I encourage it. Sometimes, you know, you hit your limit with people as you may be aware of, right? But most of the time I encourage it because <laughs> we actually talked about this in class a couple weekends ago, keeping people out of the system. How can we contribute to keep them out of the system, out of going to the ER, you know, and they're panicking. And if I can go, oh yeah, if they're just sleeping now, yeah, you don't need to go anywhere or yeah, you got to go. Like, you know, a, a little perspective. I'm more than happy to do that. Um, you know, well, you give them- I have some at home tips too. you know, just yeah. depending on what's going on. Well, I, I got a um, and I, you know, look, I'm not a cat expert, right? I, and I'm, I'm not a vet and I'm not a doctor and I'm not a chiropractor. Um, but I but, you know, people text me. And so I got this text about this cat um, from one of our customers. And I didn't really realize dr andy that lilies okay the the lilies are highly well you have cat highly poisonous okay for a cat yeah i just actually recently learned that yeah i so you guys if you got any lilies and the poinsettias too yeah during this time of year are, are highly toxic to cats too so i get this text and um I, I, you know, people, when they're panicking, they, they sometimes don't make sense in the text and they'd sent me a picture of the cat and I really wasn't certain what I was supposed to look at, but here was the gist of it. Um, the, someone had sent this family, um, a, a flower bouquet and it had a lily in it and they didn't realize that there was a lily inside of this bouquet. And when they came back home from lunch, from a two hour lunch, there was the yellow, like the yellow, um, the, what is the, it? The, pollen. the pollen, the yeah. pollen. <laughs> that thing on the cat's 
chest, right? Now, the cat wasn't having any symptoms at all. However, they ran this cat to the vet to the tune of $6,500. Okay, $6,500. If they take him into the ER, they said, this is what was really confusing me because they said, well, there was no real evidence that the cat had ingested this. It was just on its chest. So they're assuming that the cat licked the chest. So they take the cat in. Okay. Um, The vet says, well, it's been too long if the cat ingested it two hours ago to give it charcoal. Okay. Yep. So they put him on IV fluids and then they start doing blood work. Okay. Okay. Then they say, oh, well, the bun and the creatine are very high. Okay. Here's the thing. That cat is a raw fed cat. That cat had just eaten. Yeah. And, and I said, Oh, what, you know, and he was saying, well, this is 40% higher than I said, but you need to know what 40% higher than what, what are our base numbers? What are we looking at? Are they looking at the bun and the creatine as a dry fed dog versus a, you know, a a, a raw dog? Yeah. So here they are $6,500 in, and this is my other argument with going to the ER and it, there is a time and a place for it. They don't have any previous blood work to compare it to. Right. I was like, what, what are we, what are we? And, oh, Andy, this is what this was. They said, well, they're having to make the decision that if this, um, this 40% kidney function, it doesn't get better then the cat needs to go on dialysis. And I'm like, hang on a second. You know, I don't want to have an asymptomatic animal. <laughs> asymptomatic no symptoms no no cl- no symptoms to, pa- to back up the clinical findings you gotta look at the whole picture people and i was like oh my gosh know, and i'm like well i think you might want to get a second opinion right because or, or do some fluids and go home see how your cat does well see now that's what i would do but i can't say that because if the cat goes home and dies then you know it's gonna be my fault but exactly. Uh, and that is the position we sit in, right? A lot. You know, when I do get these calls and I do get these questions. Um, but there was nothing wrong with going in, um, getting some fluids and doing some blood work. And if the animal was continually not showing any signs and symptoms, if and this is how I phrase it, if it was my cat, we'd be going home. They yeah, she's and the <laughs> this poor pet mom now this was the mom that called me who's also on our raw she her dogs are on the raw this girl just had a baby oh, and there were issues yeah. with with the whole birth and so okay, she's stressed so, so we're yeah so we're stressed we're on high alert with that we, we're still coming down from that so you know now the cat did this and yeah i mean it all plays in there and i'm like well there's got to be some sort of baseline and something that would really say whether this is an issue or not and 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 that was the thing i was like was the cat vomiting i mean i get it you know when you read about ingesting cats Mm -hmm. ingesting this type of a plant it's like get them to the vet immediately uh kidney failure can occur but again dr andy we've seen so many misdiagnoses that send these uh, and cost 
the they, had to, they had to pay it up front. I think she told me it was $4,300 just to bring the cat in. Bring wow. the cat in. Wow. What is happening? What, that's a great question. What is happening? It, it, it's it's highway robbery. So the kitty's all right, right? Well, I don't know. That, that was oh. what I was trying to get. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, is this the cat all right? <laughs> I don't know. The cat's still in the hospital. And oh, so, okay. Yeah, this just, oh, so just happened. This just happened. Oh. And so I said, you know, you got to get, you got to get, now I got another. Um, okay. So, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But that's what she said. It. What, what, here's why she contacted. She says, is there anything holistic you can think of versus jumping to the dialysis uh, because they'll do anything for their cat. And and my question is, we don't even know if we're needing that. Right. right. I th- I don't think there's enough time to decide that. I think you need some holistic time and see how this goes. Because is it? I don't know. I have not looked this up, folks. But is it the same as in people? Because essentially, when people start dialysis, they don't come off of it. I don't know. I don't right? know. That, but... I mean, my dad did dialysis um, with his multiple myeloma before he passed away. And that was my understanding. Once you start it, you generally do not come off of it. Is that the same with our animals? And okay, is that something they would choose ever? I mean, is it a one-time deal and then the kidney function kicks back in? I don't think so. I don't know, folks. I, I have not looked into this um but that would be my question because in people once you start that it's it's until you get another kidney you're usually just on it right and so i think what we would like to stress to pet parents is this you've got to get you've got to get a baseline of and even then dr andy if we have a baseline of blood work it changes yes oh it's just a snapshot um, I, I like to say your pet is not your, their blood work, right? Right. It's a snapshot. Do some fluids, have the hat hang out. You want to run some more blood work in six hours or something. See what we've got. If there's kidney failure, oh, it's going to change, right? It's just going to continue to plummet. So I, I don't know. I mean, um, I, 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 it's, it's, I mean, I can't, there's nothing I could do, right? There's no, no, I, I'm no. not a vet. Um, and I, I do know that people reach out because I talked to you and I talked to Jasic and, you know, our daughter, but without all the information, it's, yeah. it's hard to say anything, but you do want to question, you do want to yeah. say, so we do have a, uh, and this came from, uh, let me see who on our website, guys in the learning center, there is a, um, article that says blood values. Let me see what the article is, which I did send them because it did show the difference in the bun and the creatine um, in raw fed versus um, uh, kibble fed dogs. Okay. Um, and let me see. Guys. And I'm sure you're, you look, you. I'm sure your readers, your readers, your listeners do know that when you are looking at lab work, all of those values are based on kibble fed dogs. 
right? Yeah. That's the it, that's the grouping that they're using for all of those values. Just another little reminder, folks, that those values are based on kibble fed dogs. So when you have raw fed dogs, you're going to get outside what they consider normal. Right. So for instance, for instance, and this this would make a big difference, guys, if your vet is looking at normal, what they think is normal values, okay, what they have stated as normal values. For the bun, you've got six, six uh, to 24 something MGs, right? Normal. Well, when you go to a raw fed dog, that goes all the way. Uh, let's see, wait, let me go over to this, uh, this number 15, 15, let's say 15.5 in a kibble fed dog on the bun. And it can be reading an 18.8, right? Uh, it can, it, it, I've got this and this doesn't come from me guys. This came from, um, I believe this was Dr. Gene Dodds who did uh, work with over 200 dogs, various breeds, fed a raw diet for a minimum of nine months before collecting the blood samples. And they were compared to the test of healthy dogs, quote unquote, uh, who were fed dry kibble. And so that's on my website. It's under the title, um, Blood Values on Raw Feeding. That's going to be in the Learning Center under Health uh, Issues. And so you could take a look at that and just understand that if a vet is looking at values that are way higher than their normal, they could be diagnosing a pet as having a real problem when this is just a result of a of a healthy pet eating a raw diet. Yeah. So that might be a great tool for listeners to print out and have in whatever folder you take with you. <laughs> Wherever you go, your regular vet, the ER, especially. And even if you don't want to have a conversation with them, which I totally get, you can compare for your information. You could look at this and remind yourself, okay, I have a raw fed dog. This is what it should be looking like. Yeah. And it will, in this article, it will um, tell you what the hematocrit, how do you say that? Hematocrit, hematocrit. Yep. Uh, the bond and the creatine all are, what do they do? What does it mean? And this will be, give you great relief, but Dr. Andy, I mean, just in your line of work, have you, I don't know why I'm asking this question. I already know the answer, but have <laughs> you seen misdiagnosis um, in dogs that they never had to have a surgery? They never had to have. Uh, oh, you know, and and that's the take to be put under. I mean, certainly, I that's a that's a loaded question, actually, because I always have my suspicions, but right. they've never been validated. You know, there's I'm like, oh, that dog didn't need that. Um, I I know in my gut of guts, this is the only proof I have. I've had a couple dogs that I know conventional medicine killed them, um, when they had pancreatitis. Um, and if they had just stopped everything and taken that breath, taken some time, we probably would have been just fine. But, um, but you, you can say that about anything, right? No, 
<laughs> well, good, but there's but, always outliers. There's always outliers. Yeah. Um, do I think they go on meds and get supplements that they don't need because of their blood work? Absolutely. Absolutely. You have heard about um, the, the, they're, they're trying to bring a class action lawsuit um, against the prescription yes. medication. Super excited. I don't know where it's going to go, but yeah. 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 The prescription foods. Right. And they've been trying to organize this for a long time because there is no medication in that food. There is no nothing in there that qualifies it as a prescription. And right. that's what they're arguing. You know, and then there's my opinion that it is the most expensive crap on the market. Right. And and uh, I get it. Pet parents feel like they're doing the best for their pet. But um, we just don't see that at all. I mean, when you look at the ingredients, it's like uh, I've I've challenged some clients. I'm like, OK, take a picture of your prescription food ingredients. Now go to your supermarket, pull out the pre- the regular Purina bag and compare. You think there's anything special in that prescription food? You're delusional. You think that goes through different machinery? You think that comes out of a different factory? No, it's the same stuff, essentially just put into different bags, folks. What's Torchy? What's Torchy talking uh, about? That's Molly Brown. And I don't oh, Molly know. Brown. I was trying to be a nice mom and not put them in their kennels. So they're just in the back bedroom. <laughs> See, this is what it's I have to pay for fine. it now. I have to pay for it now. It, it's perfectly fine. I just, Sorry, uh, I thought that was Mr. Torch talking. Mm. No, this is, this is what you did. This is, this is how real podcasts <laughs> are done. <laughs> This is how real podcasts are done. Loudly. With all of this stuff going. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So quickly, because uh, I know you got to run, but we're going to talk just a little bit about bone broth. You know what, Dr. Andy? I made my bone broth for the very first time a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Um, you brought up something that I really didn't even know about, and that was that the oils could go rancid while you're making bone broth. No, I or just the fat. learned this. I'm sorry, the fat. The fat, the oils, right, right. I didn't know this. I made it very conventionally. I put it out in the garage in the slow cooker for days, right? But after so long, you're just going to keep recooking the fat. And it does, it goes rancid. And then you put the whole container in the fridge and you give it to your pet. So um, I came across this information and it's not, widely out there um from a gal that she owned a bone broth store or restaurant or something up in Oregon for people and I'm like well if anyone knows about bone broth someone that makes it every single day probably would be the person right right and I'm like it just made sense so um there is the recipes up on my blog at animal magic care but it gives you when to pull out that fat um, if you're using an in, uh, Instapot or if you're using a slow cooker and you want to get that fat out of there um, and then you can keep cooking and then you can pull out more collagen and more of the good yummy stuff for the for the pups or for yourself. Yeah, I did mine in the Instapot. Um, so I that's the most amazing thing ever. 
for bone broth making is the Instapot. Let you know what you. else? I'm just going to throw this in there that Instapot makes that I didn't know it made. Deviled eggs. Well, it doesn't make the deviled eggs. Hard boiled. I was going to say, really? <laughs> I'm a, yes, hard boiled eggs. And you know what? Potatoes. Wow. In a fraction of the time. I, yeah, it's, uh, I, 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 you know, I don't do most of the cooking around here. Rick does. But um, I said, okay, I will take on the um, the deviled eggs for the holidays. And uh, so I did it. Now, the one thing I haven't perfected yet is how you get the shells off of the hard-boiled eggs without tearing the egg apart. And uh, I know you put them in the ice. But nice. I've also heard that you got to crack them a little bit so that water can get in there and help separate it when it's in the ice. I don't know. I, oh, gotta try I haven't heard. I haven't heard that one. But I've been doing the ice, um, and it just kind of depends batch to batch how good I do. <laughs> right, right. So did you make regular deviled eggs, or we've been doing sriracha bacon deviled eggs? Just saying. Oh, I did mm-hmm. put bacon, jalapenos. Okay. Uh, I have, okay. I, I do have some sriracha salt oh. that I got up in. Well, that the, might be nice just on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was quite impressed with myself, I have to yeah. say. No, Instapot for eggs, potatoes, bone broth. I mean, I actually use it a lot for stuff, but. Well, and here's the thing. I, I haven't even shared this bone broth with Lozzie. This bone broth is for Rick. Um, <laughs> For Dr. Cowan, you know, he's like, look. Because if you've got some type of a canker sore thing like that, um, it, it, bone broth is great all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was my first time. So what I did from our store is I got, I actually just got the one inch um, bison marrow soup bones. Okay. <laughs> Filled the bottom of the Instapot with those. Then put chicken feet. Uh, I'm sorry, duck feet on top of those and then put the water in the apple cider vinegar and then just a bunch of spices. Um, And that's how I made that. But I didn't strain the fat off until after I put it in the refrigerator. So I I did that for three hours or four hours. Okay. Let it cool, put it in, uh, strained it, right? Strained it throw all the bones away um, and then the, put it in the refrigerator. The next day that level of fat was there. And then I just scooped that fat off. And then the gelatinous stuff, you know, we warmed up on the, on the stove, yeah. but you're saying you got to get in there, get the fat off earlier. Yeah. In the Instapot, I think it's 30 minutes. And then you drain that into jars. You can use all that. It's called um, meat broth versus a bone broth. Then you put all those bones back in that you just used, fill it up again with the water the salt and the apple cider vinegar. And you, then you can run it. I think it's an hour and a half, two hours. And then what I do is then I mix those two things together. So there's meat broth and the bone broth in one jar. And so they're getting the fat, but the fat hasn't been cooked very long. Okay. So the danger the issue is if you are cooking it for long periods of time, 
you're you're causing even with all that other stuff in there like apple cider vinegar and, and salt it's still causing that fat to go bad right that's that's the theory in this 10 seconds <laughs> you know <laughs> right like jesus um things change on a dime but that it, it just makes sense and but we don't it's not fat people we're not worried about the fat especially if you have raw fed dogs and you eat well the fat's not the problem it's when it's cooked too long which right. is when it yeah and, and what you say in here is that the rancid fat uh, destroys vitamins, which can lead to deficiency. Um, the intestinal tract and the flora health are the two main areas that suffer when exposed to rancid fat. Okay. And then rancid fat can cause toxic symptoms in human and pets, include, uh, including a variety of symptoms that appear uh, to be autoimmune in nature and also pancreatitis in nature because- uh -huh. Think about this. Rancid fat, rancid oils is is what we see causing pancreatitis in dogs in kibble, especially kibble. in the summertime. Yep. Why? Because it's, Be it's hotter. It's those gone. freaking bags are sitting in the warehouse getting hot. Yep. Yes. Yeah, folks, you don't know when you're getting that bag. How long has it been sitting around? One of my favorite questions to people, oh, we had another bout of diarrhea or we had another bout of this and they're kibble fed. I'm like, okay, is it the beginning, the middle or the end of the bag? And they have to think about it, right? And they're like, oh, we just opened a new bag. That's probably your problem. It's probably already bad. And they're like, huh? I'm like, uh-huh. Or it's the end of the bag and you bought too big of a bag and it's taking you too long to go through that bag and the bottom of the bag is rancid. The middle of the bag, it could just be eh, different ingredients because, oh yeah, you don't know where all these ingredients are sourced from bag to bag to bag. Well, it's the same stuff. No, it is not. How would you no, know? No, it is not. With the with a, with a ingredient list, you know, 60 plus long, yeah. you, you got all those memorized? I don't think so. Well, and, and they don't have to list it. Right. They say rice from where and who treated it for what? And why when? is it in your dog food? And why is it in your dog food? But <laughs> yeah, just because it says rice doesn't mean it was locally grown um, and not sprayed. Right. Right. All right. Well, listen, you can find that um, article on the bone broth, how to prepare it, how to remove the fat, how to make it super healthy for you and your pets. All you got to do is get over to animalmagiccare.com. It's in the blog section. It and is. while you're there, you might want to sign up for a consult with Dr. Andy because she can look at your dog and she can say, mm, that dog's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> like you said about the puppy that we brought to you, that puppy <laughs> is a mess. Uh, and uh, she can, um, she can help you. I, I still am so disturbed that, in many states that a vet has to recommend that you go see a chiropractor. That disturbs me greatly. Mm -hmm. Nothing we can do about it, I guess, no. but, well, but, but that is, we show up me. and do this. And the more our people are educated, the more things will change. That's right. That's right. All right, everybody get over to animalmagiccare.com. And remember, you got to get your dogs off the kibble, off the cooked, off the um, super premium, whatever that is. Dry, oh. rancid, oily sphincter food. Get <laughs> <laughs> over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com. We'll help you out. Just hit that I'm overwhelmed button if you are. 
It's in the uh, contact section. Remember, check out those blood values uh, in the Learning Center under the blood values in the raw diet that I explain a lot to you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Raw Dog Food Truth. Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business. And what, Dr. Andy? Friends don't let friends feed kibble. That is right. We'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. Snap.